Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals, a podcast all things animal communication. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, I've had a lot of feedback on last week's podcast, uh, where basically I was covering things that communication doesn't do. So I've had a lot of people asking me, all right, give me examples of what communication does do. And why would I enlist an animal communicator services? So I thought I'd cover a couple of cases that I've seen lately. Now, the first one I saw was actually at a vet clinic that I work at. This particular cat had been to several vets. She was over-grooming, um, bald under the belly, whole um, back end, was had been bald for quite a while. And the poor little thing, she was continuously tearing at herself and it really wasn't much fun. But all the vets were saying it was behavioural and they were putting her on basically cat happy pills. I met this cat at, at an alternative clinic that I work at, and the cat said straight away to me, it's pain, it's nerve pain. Long story short, um, this cat I think has hip dysplasia, as well as a lot of nerve stuff, because of course the more she, poor little bugger was chewing, the more she was actually stirring that back end up and it became a whole vicious cycle. So we were able to do body work, which we do regularly and a few other therapies, and the hair has all completely grown back. She's much, much happier than she's been in years. And look, it's going to be an ongoing. There's no doubt about that. She does require monthly tune-ups to keep her in good shape. And if Melbourne does the usual Melbourne weather thing of fairly dramatic drops of temperature and so forth, they do affect her. But the owner is aware of this and she's absolutely fabulous. She's changed stuff around in the house. She's changed the cat's diet. She's done everything. And the result is a much, much happier cat. And so this is one example of what people were writing off as behavioural, and I can certainly see why, because often cats, when they're stressed, do overgroom. In this particular cat's case, that wasn't it at all. So, yeah, that was one. Another one I saw a couple of weeks back was quite interesting. It was um, a friend of mine who is a trainer and um, naturopath in New South Wales called me and said, look, I need you to talk to this dog. Um, It's got chronic barking at a fence. It's quite obsessed with it. But there's also been changes in the house and this dog's starting to snap and she knows dogs really well and she was actually a bit worried about it. And she said, I just have a feeling 
there's something else going on. I don't think this is just behavioral and I don't have a good feeling. So fair enough. So the fence was um, quite unusual. It was quite obsessed with it. Whenever they let it out, it would go and bark at this fence nonstop and the neighbours weren't happy and quite frankly, I don't blame them. But um, the the dog was very, very clear that there was actually a spirit um, in that area and apparently um, the neighbours said their old dog hadn't liked the other side of that fence. So there was certainly something there. Now, as for the rest of the behaviour, which was more of a worry with children in the house, when we started talking to the dog, um, it was able to say very, very clearly that it could pretty much pin the date down to the day they used a certain type of flea control. Now, obviously, for legal reasons, I won't say what it was, but it's one of the ones that works on the central nervous system of the flea and had also sadly worked on the central nervous system of the dog. And there have been a lot of reported cases of seizures and stuff with this particular medication. And this dog knew that that's what it was. Um, And of course, up in the warmer parts of New South Wales, they do have to treat for ticks and so forth. So I could see why the owner had done it. And she hadn't actually made the correlation, because most people don't, of putting a spot on flea control or giving a dog a tablet and the dog's behavior changing. That's not what people generally look for. But in this case, and the dog was talking about this burning sensation in the gut. And sure enough, when they started doing back, it had been a bit funny over food after that, etc., etc. So this is another really good example of what wasn't actually behavioral. It was not only physical, but the dog knew. And when the owner traced all the behavior back and looked at the dates that she'd given the flea control, sure enough, it teed up literally to the day of the first incident. So again, not something that you generally expect, but communication was very, very useful. Uh, Worked on a horse last week and it's stunning. Um, I just stand there and drool looking at this particular horse. And the owners were absolutely at their wits end. It was actually an incredibly lucky horse because it was almost, well, actually forget almost, it just was. It was now dangerous. And the owners were absolutely devastated. They didn't know what to do. The vet had checked it and said, no, um, he couldn't see anything. Um, Yeah, get rid of it, usual story. But they were convinced that there was something underlying. Any rate, turns out that they'd been away for 72 hours and the people, one of the neighbours had actually looked after the horses and full credit to this guy, he'd been away for a couple of months, came back and the, one of the first things he did was go just as I, uh, literally just after I was there and said, look, I'm sorry, um, I actually tied your horse up and it pulled back. And this horse had said to me, I am in pain um, and really, really severe neurological pain. It was horrible. So I um, suggested to the owners, get the vet out again and x-ray. I just keep seeing this horse's pole. So the vet didn't want to do it, so they bring another vet and they said, yep, yep, happy to do so. 
And sure enough, the horse had actually fractured its pole. It had gone up, pulled back, gone up, flipped over and actually fractured its pole. And it was quite a nasty fracture. Um, And of course, all these so-called behavioral problems weren't. They were pain. So the horse has been treated, um, and some of it sadly will just be time, but it's been put on pain meds and, and done all the stuff that they need to do and you know, changed where they put sit the halter, etc., etc. And all of a sudden, they have this nice, happy horse again. So, yeah, never write anything off as behavior until you can 100% rule out pain. Now, the last one I'm going to cover today happened a couple of days ago and yeah, it's one of the oddball ones, but um, I did ask the family's permission before I uh, wanted to put this one on because I just thought it was worth mentioning. This is um, a case interstate and where people can go to school because of course in Melbourne at the moment we're in lockdown, kids don't go to school. And this dog started um, really growling at one of the family members, a teenage boy. And no history with the dog before. No, yeah, it was the happy family dog, a la Lassie or whatever. And so they'd called me because they couldn't find any pain and they were seriously, seriously worried that things were going to escalate and hats off to them for you know, being proactive rather than reactive. When I spoke to this dog, the um, the boy was experimenting with drugs. It was an interesting conversation, not one I want to have very often, um, and it was very much a case of don't shoot the messenger, but this is what the dog says. The son was at school at the time, um, so mum and dad, dad really cracked it with me and then stomped off and started searching the boy's room, and yes, I found some in there. So... That was one that the dog was worried about the young man's energy field and what was going on and so forth. Um, and that was his way of trying to let the family know. So I'm incredibly grateful that they called me because I would have hated to have thought this dog that was trying to let people know that there was something going on um, could potentially have been euthanized for growling or it may have escalated to snapping at a family member. And of course, they just put the mood swings and that down to teenage hormones, which is often the case. So yeah, one of the more unusual ones, but never ever rule out because animals see so much more than we do from the energetic perspective and they don't talk like humans. It doesn't mean they don't talk telepathics, obviously, or I wouldn't be here, but how they do things versus how we would do things as a human is very, very different. So please keep that in mind um, if you ever think your animal's having a so-called problem because the problem in inverted commas may not be what you think. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. Don't forget to like and subscribe. As always, if there's any topics you'd like covered, please feel free to drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, remember, talk with the animals.
Thank you for listening to Talking with the Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.